0: Rugby League, you sly old dog. How do you continue to surprise and confound? Bring it in tight. Let's hug it out while we get this theme music thing going. Progressive Rugby League. sisters and brothers, thanks for joining us again in the Progressive Rugby League friend zone and yes, once you're in the friend zone you cannae escape. Jono Duncan here distributing some early ball to the flanks and joining me in a good old fashioned run around is my friend and colleague, importantly in that order, Big
1: Al. G'day thanks for once again allowing me to share the microphone with you Jono.
0: Yes, we're a one microphone operation and that's the way we like it. Now can I say, we've got a huge episode coming up a huge week in rugby league, so much to talk about our sweet babies keeping themselves in the news and keeping us on our toes. <laughs> and of course we've got a massive weekend of international and rep rugby league. So why don't we get stuck in and start off as we normally do with our reflections. Kick us off.
1: Let's go. So last week I'm pretty sure I offered an apology to State of Origin because <laughs> I often maybe it was two weeks ago, but I often sit there and, you know, as a rugby league snob and I talk about how it's it's the beast that eats the game and it takes up all the oxygen and blah blah blah, which is probably all still true. Mm. But I then apologized and said, you know what? That was a fantastic game. It created all that media buzz. And as you said, Jono, it's the shop window (laughs) into the game. It showcases the best product to the casual fan. Have I mentioned that? I think you have. I think you have. Once or twice. So, but I want to go one step further. And I want to thank State of Origin for the gift that it is about to give us. Now, I still maintain Origin, it eats the competition. Mm -hmm. It puts players at risk, potentially derails, blubs, premiership campaigns and all that sort of stuff. But... Because of that, because it's so big and it needs to be handled so sensitively, Mm. so delicately Mm -hmm. for everything else to sort of operate around it, we've been given this standalone rep weekend now, Mm. which didn't really exist in any meaningful way prior to the last uh, rights deal where Origin was given a standalone Sunday. But now because of this, we're about to be given this smorgasbord of meaningful international rugby league, both across men's and women's games. And they're all going to be given equal footing uh, in terms of broadcast importance. We've got Women's State of Origin, of course, happening on Friday night. It's Mm -hmm. going to be live on Channel 9. Did really Mm. well last year. But on top of that, a whole bunch of international games across both New Zealand and Australia. It's just so much to look forward to this weekend, and I can't wait.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting take because often when people talk about International Rugby League and State of Origin, it's one versus the other. But you're actually sort of saying, hey, thanks State of Origin, you're facilitating International Rugby League because it's so big. If it was just kind of big... Then you wouldn't have a standalone weekend for it. Exactly. But it's so massive that it needs a standalone weekend, and therefore creating a gap for international rugby league. Interesting take. Mm. I like so
1: it. Should we go through the games just to just to yeah, kick off the go show? The games. So we've got uh, over in Mount Smart, New Zealand. We've got the women's New Zealand Silver Ferns versus Samoa. That is going to be live on Foxtel in Australia, uh, and then for the men's of course we've got the New Zealand Kiwis versus Tonga, which is going oh. to be a massive
0: game. We'll talk about that more later, but that is just for me that's the the pinnacle of the weekend.
1: Yeah, closer to home over at Leichhardt Oval in Sydney, in the women's games we've got the Fiji Bulikula versus the PNG Orqu- Orchids. Big I just one. I said PNG Orchids then. <laughs> PNG Orchids, uh, and then for the men's games we've got the Fiji Buddy versus Lebanon Cedars, and Samoa versus the PNG Kumuls. And add to that, mm. we've got a Rugby League World Cup 2021 qualifier on Friday, which unfortunately is not getting a broadcast nah. run. Uh, but we've got South Africa playing the Cook Islands, where the winners will go on to play USA in Jacksonville uh, in November. And then, of course, add to that, we've got Women's Origin on Friday.
0: Oh, my goodness. So
1: it's man. all happening this weekend. State of what? never even heard of it.
0: Oh, you <laughs> got, like you say, you got to thank it, I suppose. Yeah. It wouldn't thank be here without much. it. Yeah, exactly. No, very good. Well, my reflection is related. And today I'm kind of talking about confidence, this, the concept of confidence. Now, mm-hmm. I've always had an enigmatic relationship with confidence. Now, some days I feel invincible. Some days I feel extremely insecure, worried what people are thinking of me, feeling judged by the imaginary masses. Mm. And in our case, it's literally the imaginary masses. <laughs> it's improved over the years, though, and I remember a turning point came on a trip to India where I inadvertently found myself on a tour of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. I was there, long story short, essentially for the cricket. But I went on a little tour. And let me tell you, if you were ever wondering where all the people who were trying to find themselves have gone, they're in India. (laughs) But I loved it. Anyway, we were there camping on the Ganga River, the Ganges, as some would say. And yes, I paid for it a week later with a week on the porcelain bus. But in that moment, we were talking and going deep. And I remember one of the guys from that group said something that stayed with me to this day. He said, get your own house in order. Don't worry what others are thinking or doing. Then watch your confidence grow and watch others want to join you for the ride. And look, maybe it's cheap psychology, but I think there's something to that. And I think it's relevant for rugby league, particularly in relation to the state of origin period and a potential pause, a greater pause in the NRL season to accommodate origin and importantly, international rugby league. Now, I think rugby league in Australia is still 25 years later, still to fully regain the confidence that was shattered during the Super League War Mm -hmm. from the mid-90s. Now, the Super League War swung open the door for AFL in the traditionally uninterested markets of Sydney and Brisbane. And yes, I'm sure they would have found their niche eventually, but the war really accelerated that process. And ever since then, I think Rugby League in Australia has tread warily in situations where a confident sport would have acted decisively. So, for example, a fully confident sport would have by now looked at the state of play in the middle of the NRL season, where the NRL competition is, to be fair, cheapened somewhat by the the focus, the oxygen, the resources being poured into Origin. And they would have acted, you know, maybe paused the season for more than one week. I mean, it's a good step that we've got one week, but maybe paused the season for a few weeks to allow for a window for International Rugby League and Women's Rugby League to share centre stage with Origin. But Rugby League in Australia still has a slight confidence deficit from those Super League days. It's worried about leaving the door open again for other sports, It doesn't yet have the confidence that international rugby league could help fill any nrl gap but i do sense rugby league in australia is year by year gaining more and more confidence as a sport and i think over the next few years they'll be confident enough to make that change and think to themselves who cares how other sports will react we think this is best for ours and i reckon if they show that confidence watch others want to join them for the ride so i mean it's it's a good step that we have the the week off now like you mentioned thanks Mm. to origin but Really, the next step is to take a pause in the NRL season for three or four weeks. We can have origin. We can have three games of men's origin, three games of women. We can have a plethora of international rugby league. And once that's all over, bring back the NRL season. Everyone is ready for it, cannot wait for it, and just ready to get into it.
1: Yeah, I reckon that's an excellent point. And you are so correct when what you say about the, the hangover from the Super League. Mm. Everyone is still... Prior to that, rugby league was acting... Um, puffed up chest, shoulders back, chest out. That's right. Cock of the walk sort of stuff. And you're right. Now it's 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 somewhat timid and I think fans of the game are also quite timid. I'm mm. always terrified that someone's going to try and take it away from me again. <laughs> and I think we are all convinced ourselves that if you don't if you're not current if you're not active 100% of the time, mm. the moment you 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 stop, people are going to like forget you exist and like and turn around and, yeah. and and get into something else.
0: So I mean, like I say, year by year they're becoming more confident. And I think the fact that we have a, a standalone rep round shows that. Mm. But really, the next step is really to say, look, the NRL in this period of the year, yeah, we, we're getting the odd good game and it's still interesting to an extent, but all the oxygen is being sucked out of it. No one's paying attention to it. The crowds are low. The ratings are lower. Yeah. All this sort <clears> of thing <throat> that you could really avoid. And you don't lose any NRL rugby league. You just maybe lengthen the, the length of the season by two weeks, Start at, maybe at the start of March yeah. instead of mid-March. You still get the same amount of rugby league.
1: I think if, if waiting for the beginning of the footy season has taught me anything, and that is when you when when something is in short supply, when you're looking forward to something, mm. it makes your interest in it, you know, tenfold. So, oh, like, yeah. if the season was paused for three weeks, mm. it would. You're right. It would refresh everybody's um, yeah interest in the second half of the season. It would really give the uh, give the season kind of a narrative. Yeah, exactly. We could make it work.
0: I think we could because the problem is the run home. After Origin, it's too short. I mean, there's so it's such an interesting time of year when people are jostling for positions in the top eight, and often there are so many big games for the last couple of months. But it just it just disappears in a flash, and I think that's because there's still a hangover from Origin for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. after Origin, and people are still getting uh, back into the swing of things because they've played club and Origin for the whole period. So yes. I think a lot of these problems could be solved pretty easily by pausing. It's a big, it's a ballsy move. It would be mm. a massively ballsy move to pause the whole game, the whole competition for three or four weeks. And ideally, you'd act in conjunction with Super League so they could pause their competition as well so we could have an actual international yeah, wouldn't window. It,
1: wouldn't it be amazing if you have, so you'd have a three-game origin series, three-game women's origin series, mm. and then a whole bunch of... Uh, like maybe um, a European version of the Oceania Cup. Sure. So you'd have England, and oh, it'd be great to build France up to be yes. there, you know. <laughs> and, and yeah, you're right. Work in conjunction with Super League and, and give a window for international rugby to take centre stage and actually be played with some kind of meaning behind it, which that's is what right. we're seeing now with the, 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 the Tonga matches.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, and that actually... Building up International Rugby League solves so many other problems. You know, there was a story during the week that Caelan Ponger may be tempted to go to Rugby Union, either to play for the Allbacks or the Wallabies, whoever he he might choose. You can help solve that by building up International Rugby League. He's only going to go to Rugby Union for one reason, for the international side of the game. Mm. So it's really essential that Rugby League continues to push and push hard in the International Rugby League and creating a window for it in the middle of the season, I think would be a really good step. Yep, agreed. There are reflections. All right, time for mailbag? Let's do it. Okay.
1: People have questions. People have thoughts. They write into us. We try to answer them. B-R-L BRL BRL Mailbag. It's the B-R-L Mailbag. All right,
0: mailbag time. And Nicholas Mew, our friend from Ontario, he tweeted us about a great day he organised at the school where he teaches. It was a tag rugby day. And featured members of the Canada Rugby League team, the Wolverines. Nice, Canada Wolverines. Um,
1: just, I do have a jersey for the Wolverines. Oh, do you really? So let you know that. Yeah. Why'd you wear it? Please note. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and also the South London Silverbacks Masters team, and they put on a clinic for 500 plus kids from three schools in that part of Ontario. That's wonderful stuff, and it's great to see the kids being exposed to the great game of rugby league. Now, a guy who goes by the name of. The slug. Oh. The slug.
1: This character. He
0: got in touch from his rugby league proof bunker. He said, please keep that sign off, Jono. I want to hear that every week. Yes, last week I attempted a sign off to the show to try to keep up with you, Big Al, because you've got this world famous in rugby league we trust thing going (laughs) on. And I've just got this see ya. So I've been doing my best. Uh, and I try. Well thank you Slug I thought it was pretty poor But I, I might give it a, Another run today Can
1: I tell you something The, the see ya you, <laughs> That you casually dismiss yeah. I've adopted that In my everyday vernacular So when I'm leaving A situation Where it's <laughs> yeah. like On the phone Or saying goodbye To a loved one over, I'm like See ya Yeah really It's my little personal uh, Reference to,
0: and to you do they say In rugby league we trust No they don't Okay That's a shame
1: No, no none of my loved ones Listen to this podcast
0: Okay I can't think of why Now Gina a new listener from Sydney, she got in touch. She said, I like your show, and I liked your UMI hits analogy for Origin. Mm. Thank you, Gene, and thanks for listening. Yes, I'm quite proud to say last week that that was only my second reference to UMI in over 50 episodes. Now, that's pretty good restraint if I do say so myself, and granted, this is the third reference. Mm. Now, as Big Al would attest, I don't quite have that same restraint in real life. In fact, you might be interested to know how this conversation usually goes. <laughs> I usually bring up uh, my favorite band, use any excuse to bring them up. <laughs> Whatever we're talking about, I'll bring up this band. Yep. And then Big Al will go, oh, you <laughs> And say, oh, is that the guy who's on the AFL ads? Yeah.
1: Oh, I just also, for the record, I know UMI. Like, I know music, but I, I, I do know that uh, Tim Rogers yes. is an AFL pusher. So therefore, he is <laughs> not my kind of guy. <laughs>
0: There you go, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) That is how the conversation goes pretty much every time. (laughs) Now, elsewhere, we heard from the great Ian East from Leeds, or Ian from East Leeds. He got in touch saying, just catching up with last week's NRL. Not sure why the Tigers are playing home games at Parramatta Stadium. Can you please explain, Progressive Rugby League? Yeah, look, I can see why that might confuse our friends in the UK. Now, I'm not aware of many, if any, UK rugby league teams sharing grounds with rival clubs, no matter how close the proximity. The home ground is very much a part of a club's identity over there, I feel. Now, of course, it's a little different here in Australia and more complicated for a team like West Tigers. As I explained, Zoeen, the Tigers have long had three-plus home grounds. They're spiritual suburban homes from the pre-merger days at Campbelltown for Wests and Leckhardt for Balmain, plus Stadia, where they can make some sweet, juicy cash. <laughs> Wests, of course, is a broad concept. Their original homes are at opposite sides of Sydney. Campbelltown, towards the southwest, is like 50 kilometres from Balmain, which is considered inner west. 50 kilometres. This is positively bizarre for our UK mates. As Ian exclaimed, 50 kilometres? Here in the north, that kind of territory would give you at least five Super League clubs <laughs> and nine in the Championship and League. Oh, what? that's
1: it. I'm moving. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, like I say, the West Tigers are a unique situation due to the merger of Western and Balmain, what, in 99, 2000? but it made me reflect on the nature of home what makes a place your home can Parramatta Stadium be considered the home of the Tigers because it's now known as Western Sydney Stadium for instance can it really be their home just because they call it their home what elements what factors make a place a home
1: I would like to say here that as you said Parramatta Stadium's actually called... It's not Parramatta Stadium anymore. Mm. It's Western Sydney Stadium. It's not the exclusive home of the Parramatta Reels. It's It's actually... It's in Parramatta, though. It's in Parramatta, but what's that got to do with anything?
0: What do you mean, what's that got to do with anything?
1: Just because it's in Parramatta doesn't mean that it's therefore exclusively used for for the Parramatta Reels.
0: But can you see why our mates in the UK might find that a bit strange?
1: Mm, Well, not really, I guess. I mean, sorry, yes, I can definitely see why they might find it a bit strange, but as you were saying before, the geography of Sydney and the accessibility of things to... to Cliques of Sydney or just mm-hmm. tribal areas of Sydney mean that resources almost always have to be shared. So yep. ANZ Stadium, which is in Homebush, mm. was what four separate different pennants I think Bulldogs, South Dragons, Tigers, yeah, and there would have been a couple. Paramount of years, had it for uh, a while. Parramatta for a while as well. And so it's it's simply that same concept but at a better stadium. At a better stadium, really, yeah, and enough. it's not even called Parramatta Stadium. It's Bankwest Stadium, <laughs> oh. and it hosts. The, the Tigers, obviously, Parramatta, uh, the Western City Wanderers, and I think the Waratahs, the the, the games Super it. Rugby team as well. So, but
0: more broadly, what makes a home? Mm. What makes a place
1: a well, home? Well, I mean, they all say home is where the heart is, really. Okay. So if you love the place, then that's where you live. That, okay. That's that's where your home is. But I think, interestingly enough, though, I've been to Bankwest a couple of times, and all those, at the old Parramatta Stadium, I think you had the Peter Sterling stand, you yes. had the.
0: The Brett Kinney Stirling- Hill. I
1: think All the stands, I don't. Think there are, the stands have names anymore? I don't think there is. Right. A, I I think each tenant, the the home tenant for that fixture, gets to put up a banner that oh. says this is the Peter Sterling Stand for today.
0: Ah, oh. so kind of which means
1: when the Tigers play, or when the Wanderers play, mm. it's not the Peter Sterling Stand, or
0: it's not the Brett Kenny Hill, or whatever it was. It's going to be what the Benji.
1: No, I don't think the Tigers bother renaming it because we'll have a <laughs> we we'll have a new home in five years anyway. So it's.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, for me, I was thinking about this, and yeah, sure, prime location that's that sounds reasonable to make it your home creature comforts okay putting up a sign saying our house or our jungle maybe but more than anything i think you need time is -hmm. that fair i mean time to create memories to impress humanity on a cold lifeless structure tigers at western sydney stadium just doesn't seem right to me at the moment but it might not always be that way let's give it time and see but like I say, like, Wests is a broad concept, and, and the Tigers have really used that to their advantage over the years about where they play. So, yeah, Campbelltown, the Southwest, they used Homebush, which is kind of central Sydney West, mm-hmm. uh, Parramatta, which is similar. They've used Leichhardt, Inner West. They had uh, Paddington for a while, which I suppose is west of Bondi by, like, two kilometers. <laughs> You, you can just basically justify this, I mean, we all know. It's this isn't is the
1: first time that the, the Tigers, west. and, and inca- an incarnation of the Tigers, have played out of Parramatta. Who could that's forget right. the infamous 96 season of the Sydney Tigers? <laughs> the
0: Sydney Tigers, the that's
1: success, right. The roaring success that was.
0: Who can forget? So, look, that's another great mailbag. Thank you, everyone, for getting in touch. And if you would like to get in touch, you can use Twitter... You can use progressive rl at Outlook.com, you can use Facebook, and you can use Instagram.
1: Yes, you can use Instagram, just as our French friend Laurent Garnier did across the week. Really? Uh, and yeah, sent in some pretty snappy shots of some t-shirts made by Tres Mondial, commemorating the French test and victory against Australia in 1951 at the SCG. Wow. So, a wonderful t-shirt that simply says, Je à la Française. 1951 Sydney cricket gown with a wonderful pastel number graphic of of a a rugby league player with a ball with a nice little moustache attached as well so wonderful wonderful uh, contribution thank you very much and if you could supply us with a link as to where we could buy these yeah we'll tweet them out as well to the huge audience that this (laughs) show has
0: that's right and look I've been reading The Struggle and the Daring for our book club coming up on said book and it's written by Mike Rylance and we're going to be meeting up with Mike Rylance on our travels shortly but There's a fantastic chapter in that book about that tour in 1951 and about the subsequent tour in 1955 where France really were on top of the rugby league world. And it's really so interesting to go in depth on that tour because I've only ever really read a sentence or two about it at a time. So it's fantastic. And I'm (laughs) going to get one of those t-shirts. Thank you, Laurel. Great job. All right. We've done... Reflections, we've done Mailbag, so that means it's time for it Gather Me, we like what we see when it comes to French-Canadian
1: Rugby, rugby 13s. Oh, come on, did you just upstage me? <laughs> yeah. Did you just
0: I upstage was, me? I was watching The Voice. <laughs> oh. No, I wasn't.
1: Anyway. All right, so let's, let's get into it. So we will start with the Super League, and every now and then, the stars align. Mm. They provide you something that is both tantalizing, mm. uh, potentially Moorish, but kind of challenging to accept as well so I'm thinking kind of like whale sushi (laughs) it probably would taste delicious but yeah, you shouldn't really be eating that, right? Yeah. So uh, that happened this weekend. <laughs> what I'm talking is, I think I think round three of what we've dubbed the Super Baby Cup with Catalan Dragons versus the London Broncos. Yes. Oh my goodness. And I'm, well, I'm, I'm pleased to say, but also somewhat conflicted to say that it's wonderful that the London Broncos have notched up back-to-back wins for, I think, the second time this season with a 30-12 defeat of the Catalan Dragons. What
0: a performance. They continue to impress. I mean, you've got to think about what they've achieved so far this year they've beaten the best team in super league by country miles and helens last mm-hmm. week they've beaten last year's champs wigan they've beaten the year before's champs Leeds. they've beaten top five contenders wakefield twice and now they've won on arguably super league's toughest road trip to perpignan and they've dominated yeah and, it's, and it's
1: another top five team as well it's, <laughs> absolutely it's, it's amazing. amazing And so... then
0: considering all that they're still coming last.
1: <laughs> how is that possible? <laughs> re- yeah, it's. I don't know whether it's just um, uh, misattribution of effort, putting too, too much effort not in the... Like, it's the 80-20 rule, right? Yeah. Like, 80% of effort... No, 20% of effort gives you 80% of the results, yes. something like okay, that. okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Just, I think they just got to focus effort in the right areas, and, and they'll turn around. There was one passage of play I wanted to call out, which was actually for the Dragons for this one. It okay. was the Dragons' first try from Tony Gigo. Is that how you pronounce it? I think so. Uh, anyway, he made a break from within his 20-meter zone on the zero tackle... Being chased down just after halfway, realised uh, he was going to get tackled. Rather than take the tackle and just set up for another set, he chipped. He oh. chipped. He chipped on the halfway line for for David Mead. Now that didn't score, but they scored a couple a couple of tackles okay. after that. So, uh, pretty good stuff from the Dragons. He's a great player to watch, Tony. And just to your point as well. There was. It, I think it was a really excellent defensive effort from the Broncos mm. their online defence was there was the Dragons had a couple of some periods of stained repeat sets mm. and the, the Broncos just managed to, to hold them out so like, kind of like we saw in the million pound game last mm. year where uh, Toronto were just hitting them and hitting them and mm. hitting them and they just they never relented it kind was kind of like
0: a, a swarming style defence isn't it and
1: even for you Jono at 30 to 8 when 5 minutes to go there was a consolation try for the Dragons oh well so done to Dragons 30 to 12. so looking at the ladder we've got Catalan remaining steady in 4th place 20 points Plus two. Relative to the top five, That's yeah. That's right. And London, as you mentioned, still remain at the bottom of the ladder. 12th place, 12 points, negative zero, uh, because they are officially at the bottom. But they are equal last on 12 points with both Hull, KR, and Leeds. And there is, I'm pretty sure, only a two-point differential separating them from separating London from Hull. Wow. that Things are hotting up. Things are hotting and up. And may I just
0: say, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but there may be... <laughs> An outside chance. Because did you know that London, Leeds, and Hull KR are now only three wins out of the top five? I mean, this is an interesting. <laughs> it's an interesting Super League ladder that's happening now. The, the bottom teams are starting to step up. I mean, Hull KR have Tony Smith now after Tim Sheens was dumped, mm. and obviously there's going to be a bit of a bump there. He's a great coach, and they won on the weekend as well. Uh, Leeds, I mean, they have a, a new coach as well. They look a bit vulnerable now, mm. so. Wow, it's going to be such a battle these last eight weeks or so.
1: And it is, of course, all going to come to a head next week uh, Mm. with London and KR playoff in a battle of the bottom, which is going to be a spectacular game.
0: Wow, can you imagine?
1: And, of course, it will be a spectacular game, if for nothing else, taking a note from your series of lectures on the philosophy of rugby league, the notion of consequence. Yes. Because the results of that game have consequence. That's
0: right. The John o. Duncan <laughs> lectures. Thanks
1: for uh, All right. So we're done with the Super League? We are. All right. Let's have a look at the championship. So as they did in the Super League, once again, worlds collide in the championship, but with a different tune. Mm. So the Wolfpack came up against Dewsbury, which mm. means this is actually Jew's news, news you can use. Yes. Uh, rather, than, <laughs> rather than an international update. So I'm going to have to inform you that the Rams have suffered a narrow loss, a narrow 70-8 to eight loss Ooh. going down to the Wolfpack at Lamport Stadium. So, you know, what, what do you really say about this? A typical Wolfpack display. I'm more concerned about what it does from a hunger point of view for the yeah. Wolfpack, but maybe this was the easy meal they needed.
0: Well, I mean, you're a bit worried about the come-down factor, aren't you? Mm. Yeah, I mm. mean, I think they've got a couple of tougher games coming up, definitely one this weekend. Got a feeling that they'll be pretty hungry versus Toulouse coming mm. out this weekend, mm. so that was pretty exciting times. Well, I think with Toronto... The interesting thing when it comes to Lamport Stadium games is the crowd, and I always look to the crowd, and they had six thousand seven hundred and thirty-five, which is a really good crowd. Wow! Considering there was you know a fair bit of rain around as well. Oh,
1: so hold on a second. Hmm. It rained.
0: People got wet. It it rained, and they got six and a half thousand. Yeah, I mean there was rain around. Doesn't matter. <laughs> there yeah. was the
1: rain. There was rain.
0: And look, there was a lot of talk this week about Toronto and potentially their. You could say they're erratic business practices around play of visas, bill payments, etc. etc. Now, I don't know enough to make an informed comment on that sort of stuff, but it's something we definitely should take note of. But it reminded me of something you said last week, Big Al, mm. and it's the fact that they are a sporting startup. Yes. I think it's a really good way of looking at it, because I remember actually working for a startup company a couple of years ago, and let me tell you, is. It was the most chaotic experience of my life. I mean, <laughs> exciting sometimes, but terrifying other times. You don't know what you're doing. You're sort of like juggling a million balls up in the air at one time. So I can sort of empathize with what the Wolfpack are trying to do in saying that. You want to pay your bills on time and you don't want to get stuck in an unfortunate visa situation. So hopefully mm. things can work out. But yeah. I can empathize and understand. That things are tricky early on.
1: Yeah, and I also see like using that startup mentality. You mm. you just want to get things done, not necessarily the like the best way, just the the fastest way, just to get you get to keep you moving. Absolutely. Which is why I can see um there was articles going around talking about how the Wolfpack players are on tourist visas mm. rather than all that sort of stuff, and I think. At the time, that would have seemed like a minor issue that could have got sorted out later on because there was a whole bunch of other really immediate stuff that needed to be done, and that just sort of happens when you're in that environment. Mm.
0: We'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. There are no major issues, but just don't know sometimes. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so moving on from one huge victory from a a PRL baby to a different story for Toulouse-Olympique, who suffered a narrow loss to none other than the Swinton Lions. Wow. coming down 18 points to 20. Wow, this
0: was... This actually eclipses. Last week I said London beating St Helens was the upset of the year across any competition in any hemisphere. I would say this eclipses that because in the championship there are as we know the haves and the have nots and Swinton are firmly in the have not category so a have not beating a have away from home in France probably the toughest road trip in the championship is absolutely incredible and watching those highlights just seeing their reaction at the end of the game it was uh, you know quite something so you
1: got to give them credit you know what I like most about those highlights mm. is as soon as you hit play you're met with Audio, audio Jungle. jungle. <laughs> <They're back. laughs> Who brought back Audio Jungle? Whose
0: idea was that? I thought we had a deal.
1: Every every now and then, the audio, the audio from Audio Jungle syncs up perfectly with something that happens on the on the field. Yeah, so because right. it goes through these sort of like pauses where they sort of fade out yep. and then come back in with the beat, they drop those fat beats, <laughs> and every now and then a fat beat drop will coincide with a tackle yep. or a try yes. or a pass or something. It's wonderful when that syncs up.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Um, and look, also on the weekend, starred Toulouse which is the rugby team from Toulouse. They won the French championship on the weekend. So I'm bringing that up, not because I'm a fan of theirs, but just to show what they're up against, what our friends at Toulouse Olympic are up against. They won in front of 80,000 fans at the start of France. So they're obviously the big brother in that city. So, you know, Keep fighting, toulouse Get back on the horse <laughs> with a big win this coming weekend. Indeed. So
1: looking at the ladder, we've got Toronto way out first uh, in first place on 32 points, plus 10. Mm. Uh, and Toulouse holding on to second place, 24 points, uh, plus 2. However, Featherston-Lee and the York City Knights are all sitting on 22 points, just below. So a slip from Toulouse mm. uh, could mean danger for that challenge. The challenge to challenge for the Super League.
0: We really want a top two position to get a home semi-final. So hopefully they can hang on.
1: Yep. So elsewhere in the world, we already spoke about at the top of the show, the Mm. uh, World Cup qualifier between South Africa and... Cook Islands. Cook Islands happening this weekend in Maryland. But we've also got some pretty good news on the continent, for the continent of South America. Peru have re-established their national team with a new identity. So we're talking the Peru Incas. Uh, And they've unveiled a pretty slick looking playing strip as well. Right. So this is driven by, this is a Sydney based team Mm -hmm. of players of Peruvian uh, heritage. So again, driven by the guys that do the Latin heat. So we speak about these guys all the time. It's the passion they have for the game and um, the things they're doing to get representations for these um, sections of the community. So it's really good. Uh, the Peru Incas will be playing a match against Uruguay on the 15th of September fabulous Uh, they'll also be taking place in the Latino Nines which is also in September and there are games penciled in against both Brazil and Colombia uh, in 2020 good luck Incas so good luck for them and also the founder of the the Peru Incas I think has already been interviewed by a couple of podcasts Uh, I think Chasing Kangaroos have done an interview with him and another one as well so the words out there spread amongst everybody um, that you know staying in South America Mm -hmm. the Brazil Rugby League will now be recognized by the Rugby League International Federation or the RLIF. So this is just taking straight from the RLIF website. Mm -hmm. The board of the Rugby League International Federation has received and approved an application by the Confederação Brasileira Rugby League to become an affiliate member of the federation and approval is expected in July. So as an affiliate member of the RLIF, Brazil will be qualified to enter all official RLIF organized competitions including future World Cups. So there we go. That's a pretty big market. That is a massive market, so we can, you know... Lock it in. <laughs> lock in. Brazil dream, powerhouse. dream of what
0: may be. Brazil powerhouse by
1: 2040. Why not? Oh, 2040, that's too far away. Come on, we'll give them... 2038. Yeah, I like it. Thank you. All right, so moving from South America back to Europe, or the UK in fact, uh, Scotland are launching a women's rugby league team, mm-hmm. and they're on the lookout for a head coach, assistant coach, team manager... I'm pretty sure basically anything if you've got the time and the inclination. So for all our Scottish listeners out there, get in touch and see what you can do. Keith.hog at ScotlandRL.com.
0: Good on ya, Keith. Now, while we're on Women's Rugby League, might as well mention that in the UK they had Women's Origin, which was between Yorkshire and Lancashire. It's the second game of the series. Yorkshire got up 27-20 to get a 2-0 series victory over Lancashire. It looked like a great victory ...for Yorkshire, so well done. Uh, also on the women's game, the Wales women's team... ...will play their first Test match versus England later this year. They're hoping to get going for the 2021 World Cup. Nice. So that's exciting news. But I did want to talk about the international weekend coming up... ...and particularly the New Zealand Tonga Test... ...because this is, for me, the centrepiece of the weekend. Yes, Origin, I'm, I can't wait for also. Mm. But New Zealand and Tonga, from an international rugby league perspective... ...at the last World Cup that we had in 2017... That was the moment for me where International Rugby League took a turn for
1: the better. <laughs> Can we remember after the, after the Tonga-England game, I think it was. That's right. Whoever the host of the Channel 7 show was, after the closure <laughs> of that game, thank you, Tonga.
0: Thank you, Tonga. <laughs> that was amazing. But yeah. I'm talking about that was the semi final between England and Tonga where Tonga almost captured a, an incredible comeback. But I'm talking about the game between New Zealand and Tonga couple of weeks before it was really built up as a massive game but new zealand started the game looked like they would take the game out quite comfortably and then all of a sudden tonga turned the match on its head and won the game you know pretty convincingly in the end and that for me was the moment where international rugby league really stepped up and i can't wait to see this game this weekend not only that you've got the subplots like benji marshall is back back.
1: benji marshall being back that is that is like, I, I'm so in love with that storyline like, at like, the age of 34 on. I can't believe like, how good is Benji Marshall <laughs> he's, honestly. he's just one of the greatest greatest people of all time <laughs> I'm so happy for him and I think like, the New Zealand team could potentially have a halves combination that is Sean Johnson and Benji Marshall I, and if that isn't the most progressively sparkling yep. attack heavy halves combination you can have in the modern game yep. of, all half, of all halves combinations in the last 20 years then that's, mm. that's it and I, I can't wait to see what New Zealand can do
0: can we, while we're on the topic, can we have a quick diversion into this Tiger's life? Because no, <laughs> last week... I
1: didn't—I specifically tried to avoid it this week.
0: <laughs> because last week you told about how relaxed you were watching the Tigers get beaten by Canberra. Yeah. But this week, there was a different type of Tigers game. And i just got a feeling, I've just got a feeling that you felt it this week when they no, beat the Cowboys okay, so, 27-26. Take us through it. So
1: this, when watching that game, I, I do not like it when the Tigers get ahead of... Quickly. It's the worst possible like, scenario. Like I spoke about during that Penrith game where they were up twenty-two nil after like twelve minutes yeah. or something. I like I just you just know that just through past experience, they can't maintain this forever and they're going to get run down. Yeah. So 18-0 up after, uh, in the, in 20 minutes, I think, I was mm. like, oh, this is bad. Yeah. Something is going to happen. And when the Cowboys scored to make it 18-6, I thought that was the moment things things had turned. And that, that rang true because the Cowboys were on top for basically the whole match, even the golden point period, mm. I would say. Um, so it was, it was tense because I wanted them to win, of course, mm. but I also knew that they were... Like, I knew... 60 minutes before the end of the game that they were going to lose that match. And of <laughs> were, course, it turns out that I was wrong just through sheer luck. You were happy to, luck. happy to be proven wrong. Happy uh, to be proven wrong. A win is a win. An ugly, shonky, awful field goal. But can you, matter.
0: can you confirm to the masses that you felt it this week?
1: I felt it, but I also want to point out that if you contrast this game with the experience that I told you all about in, I think, round two or three against the Panthers. Yes. The, the 9-8 loss to the Panthers. That was... Horrendously stressful. I was okay. pacing. I was rocking back and forth. I was doing the air squat, like which <laughs> I'm now famous for. I didn't have that. It didn't give me that kind of reaction. I did. It was tense. Yeah, yeah it was stressful. I won't tonight. Um, but it was more like a. Here oh, we go oh, again. Oh, tense. I'm oh, just like, oh come on. Like I'd really, I'd really like to see you win, rather than like I can't handle this. So have to turn the TV off. Okay, and okay. there was, there was an air, like an air sit. But it was more like a... <laughs> it wasn't a squat. Now imagine, you know, if you're watching like a news report or like an, or a current affairs report or something and the guy is at at the scene of the bad thing that's happened mm. and he's crouching down. Oh, yeah. It was like that. Like, it was like I, wanted, I was crouching down just because I wanted to pay it better, more attention, or I wanted to get closer and investigate. Right, okay. It wasn't because I was I was tense. I was just curious. So. <laughs> okay, well, where
0: were we? <laughs> Benji Marshall for the yeah. New Zealand Sorry, Test team versus Tonga. How
1: good is Benji Marshall? <laughs>
0: Fantastic stuff. Now, in other international news, Marty Tapao has pledged his allegiance to Samoa, and they're playing this week against PNG. So they have a very strong team.
1: Yeah. Now, you know what? The cynics yes. will say... He's done that because he wasn't going to get picked anyway. But he did it before the team was picked.
0: I think he definitely would have been picked. He's yeah. been playing very well.
1: No, like, no team's going to pass up money to power. Oh,
0: absolutely. So the Samoan team, they have a fantastic lineup on paper. And I think you, know, you could say it's as strong as Tonga's. I think the, the main difference, though, is Tonga have a guy called Jason taumalolo he is <laughs> just, by far and away, the best player in the competition for mine. Could you
1: imagine trying to tackle him? I just can't.
0: <laughs> I don't want to imagine it because I want to sleep at night. All right? That would be giving me nightmares. But yeah, what an exciting weekend coming up. So, all the best to all involved.
1: Anything else? That's all. Okay.
0: Let's finish off with our prog mom, shall we?
1: Can I ask you a question? Mm. How good is rugby league? <laughs> just how good is... <laughs> okay. my, my problem this week, just think about, we've, this whole show has been dedicated to it. We think about all the... Uh, the progressive representative games, and I'm yep. talking women's origin plus uh, women's internationals, mm. and the fact that we're just getting this, like I said before, smorgasbord mm. of international games, given their rightful place in terms of uh, attention yep. and so status. Let me, get, let me
0: get this straight. So your your prog mom is paraphrasing Scomo. <laughs> uh, I was like how good is rugby league? Is that
1: did, is that d- it? Did Scomo say how good is rugby
0: league? Oh, he said how good is Australia?
1: Well, how good's <laughs> Queensland? <laughs> you know what? Mm. I promise. I will ne- I will deliver to you the promise of rugby league. Right. Okay. So, what you're trying to tell me is you don't actually have a prog mom. I, th- I thought I gave it to you. My prog mom is all the stuff that's about to happen. All the stuff we've already spoken all about. Stuff we just spoke about. That's
0: it, Big that's Al. It. Two prog moms from you next week. I demand it on my desk
1: by next Monday. All right, sorry, sir.
0: That's all right. My prog mom is from the Butley Bulldogs, who offered free entry to their home game the Sheffield as part of something called the Great Get Together which is a tribute in that part of the world to Joe Cox, a former Labour politician who represented Batley and who was assassinated by a right-wing extremist in the dying days of the Brexit campaign. So good on you, Batley, and continue to rest in peace, Joe Cox. Mm, Indeed. Still can't believe that all happened. So, look, that is our show for the week we're done fantastic we've only got a couple more before our mid-season break mm. when we uh, take a little break so so stay tuned over the next couple of weeks because we've got some surprises for you but until then
1: rugby league hold me <laughs> Let's see folks in rugby league we trust